Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. My name is Sarah. And I'm Bree. And joining us today, we have two special guests, two of our favorite people. We have author Lucy Monroe and author Carrie Nichols hanging out with us. So Yay! welcome back, ladies. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having us. <laughs> You both look so lovely on this Saturday morning. Right? (laughs) And you two, we did a buddy read together. So, I mean, first, before before we get into the book, it's been a little while since we chatted with both of you. So tell us how you've been. I was busy finishing up my (laughs) next book and and writing a proposal for the one after that. Okay. (laughs) Life is life. So it's hectic, right? There's always something going on with family, friends, whatever. So there's always something. And the the last few months haven't been any different than that. (laughs) Um, I've been working on books, some with, you know, some very positive response from editorial and some with not. And so we just kind of like keep going forward. And I think that's the thing about writing is that you go through hills and valleys. And also we have those moments where we have almost like... um, like signposts along the way that say, hey, wait a minute, let's go here. Or, hey, wait a minute, let's go there. Mm-hmm. And um, Carol and I were laughing and chatting yesterday. And I was telling her about this, like, sort of uh, mystery thriller idea. That oh, I, I love that. That will let my <laughs> go. And so, yeah, there's always something in the back burner. There's always something in the, the forefront. It's the way. How about you guys? How have things been? I feel like you all have the same conversations that Sarah and I do. What were we talking about, Sarah? Like, it basically led to Sarah having an idea for a cozy mystery series. I think we were just yeah. talking about cozy mysteries and how they're always set in, like, one small town. And Sarah's like... And it's like, always a murder, you know, <laughs> yeah. which I get. But I'm like, I'd love a cozy mystery that doesn't involve around a murder. Like, yeah. how many people are dying in these small towns? Like... <laughs> 22 years worth of midsummer murders. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, you read um, that the queen of cozy mystery, right? Agatha Christie. And yep. she, you could tell she got tired of always writing about murder because mm-hmm. she has a few books that are about like great art theft or, yes. you know, um, espionage and just kind of fun things like that. And she still managed to fit like an espionage story in a cozy mystery package. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. It can be done. It totally can be done and it can be done well. And, you know, um, yeah, yeah, no, those combos. I, the last time we talked, y'all said you were not writing. And I have heard that has changed. Yeah. And I am so excited. Okay. Yes. Hi, man. I'm your fan. I'm your excited for you. Hoping the best. Right? <laughs> Right? Can we just be honest? Like, we talk a lot about it. Uh-huh. We just, life, I don't know, for the both of us, it's been such a busy season of life. So it's yeah. like, we really want to be writing. And we hear you all as authors talk about this all the time. Like, unfortunately, you don't get to read as much. Yeah. And I think we're trying to figure out how to balance, well, we do this yeah. thing that in, that like really involves reading and we mm-hmm. love to read. But we also have like work and kids and stuff and it's like yeah. when do you write oh, so we, we we are in a writer's group now but it literally yeah. meets at like nine o'clock and we're both usually exhausted by <laughs> that point we've been terrible members of it Aaron and Nicole <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys two things one if you all have to cut back on your podcast and go one day a week instead of two that's cool Every author who's been on your podcast, whoever wants to be on your podcast, every author that you read or authors that have retired and you're still reading their books, not one of them wouldn't encourage you to take the time you need to write Mm -hmm. if that's where your heart is leading you. So like I am right there saying do that. And also, if you can only dedicate one hour a week to writing, you're going to get pages in. Yeah. So yeah. It was just yeah. one, like you guys just said, okay, we're going to get together on Saturday morning at that 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. or 7 a.m., whatever time that you're fresh, because especially when you're first starting writing, you want a fresh brain when mm-hmm. you start to write. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That exhausted brain, you know, we don't want to get there until we've got, we're on deadline and contracts. Yeah. Like, let's like let our, I mean, not, we don't always have, you know, um, we don't have the luxury of writing as much as we want when we first start. I mean, I had, two little kids. I was volunteering 30 hours a week. Um, I was babysitting three other kids besides my two little kids when I started to write. I 
was just busy taking care of my mom who had health issues. There was a lot. So I know, I know what that's, you know, like that, that juggling. Mm-hmm. And the only way it works is if you sometimes say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even a fresh brain helps. I mean, I was on deadline and just working my heart out and finally got it into my editor and she yeah. wrote back and said, um, can I change some of these dialogue tags? And I said, well, yeah, sure. Why? What did I write? And when she told me, I was like, oh, I must have done that at midnight or 5 a.m. or 3 a.m. You know, Well, we have talked about, because it got busy for a while, we got very lucky here that we reached out and a lot of authors got back to us and we want to talk to everybody, but we've said we're, we're going, cutting back a bit for 2022. And I know for me personally with the writing, I need to stop plotting. I just need, because the book's going to be damn well written by the time I've plotted. (laughs) I just need to start writing. Yeah. So um, it really depends. Your brain may work that to, to take all the notes and plot the whole thing out. Because what is James Patterson? He says he's got like a 30 page plot. Oh, he, yeah. he had to go write the whole book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you do whatever works. I mean, if yeah. you feel yeah. you need to just start writing things, but you know, writing is thinking, writing is yep. plotting, writing yep. is taking notes, mm-hmm. writing is not just button share hands on keyboard. That's a misnomer of what writing is, right? Because writing takes all of us. It takes our creativity. It takes our brain. It mm-hmm. does not just take that determination. Determination is very much a part of being a writer. Mm-hmm. I am not denying that at all. Perseverance and determination. Yeah. No, it's not all of it. There's yeah. You have to have mental thought time. You have to have time to, to come up with a story. Some people write with their hands on the keyboard. I mean, think with their hands on the keyboard because like that stream of consciousness yeah. and they'll go yeah. back and yeah. do lots yeah. of edits. That's great if that's their process. That's great for them. But if it's not yours, all you're going to do is stymie your creativity trying to write like somebody else. Do whatever yeah. works yeah. for you. you just, if it yeah. works, do it. Yeah, I, I was talking to one of my Golden Heart Mermaid sisters. I was saying how you know I'm getting ready to start this story, and she said, "But but haven't you done made these charts and done this and done that?" And I'm like, "No, I can't. You know, I, I I'm just gonna start writing it. You know." And she was like, "Oh my God, I could never do that." And I said, "Well, I could never do it the way you do it." Yeah, everybody's different. Everybody's different. Yeah. 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 Well, I feel like I'm very much in the I'm always thinking and. I, I do like some writing prompts just to kind of get the creativity mm-hmm. juices flowing. I am just so intimidated by the first page. And I don't know why I've talked oh, yeah. with Denise and Wheatley. Like she let me give her a call one day and she's like, Brie, don't focus on the first page then. And I'm like, but no, all the first pages are always so good. <laughs> you know, sometimes you have to write the whole book before you can go back to the first page and yeah. say, oh, yeah, this is what's good. Oh, Carol, that's so true. That is the thing. You know what? Give yourself permission to write a really crappy first page and first line. Mm-hmm. I mean, just say, tell yourself this is going to be crap. I don't care. This is going to just be awful because then you go back and you do the clever clogs, really good first line and really good first page. Oh, clever clogs. You know where that came from. It was the book we read. She always gets in my head with her little, her little descriptions and like little euphemisms and things. So like, there you go. You can tell I read her book because I'm starting. Yeah, because I mean, I could be in the middle of writing the book and I'll hear something on TV or somebody will say something. I'll be like, oh, that's my first line. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. And then yeah. go back and, and do mm-hmm. it. So, But, you know, yeah. if you focus on that page, if you look at it and you just focus on getting it perfect, um, I'm not saying the story can't come because honestly, I believe everyone's process and even the process of your first book could be entirely different from book two. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be different. But I think that focus right there, what you're doing, it's a, it's a good excuse to not do the rest. Because yes. fear stops us from wanting to write the whole story. We're afraid of that first story. We're afraid mm-hmm. of the reaction we're going to get, even from ourselves. 
We're afraid of going back and looking and saying, oh, this is awful. I'm not one of those authors that ascribes to the whole hate my work and can't stand the book when I'm done. I actually really love my own books. And if I didn't, I wouldn't put them out there. That's just like me. I totally get one of my very favorite authors has the opposite. She absolutely hates her books when she's done with them. I love them. I'm glad she still gives them to her. (laughs) It's all okay. But yeah, it's like, don't be afraid. Anytime we act in fear, it, it stymies us in one way or another. It's always going to put some kind of stranglehold in our life. And when it comes to the writing. So anyway, sorry, I am. <laughs> we have to tell you again, Lucy, do not apologize here Please. on the podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. We know that you two, y'all, y'all read often together. Cause as soon as we were like, we wanted to read something with you two, it was kind of a no brainer. Y'all were like, let's do a Lynn Graham. So almost monthly, like we try to do it monthly, but I don't always get it. Book chat. So like okay. a live book chat and we'll invite other authors to come in and we have a theme and we'll like read the same book. What we discovered early on is that we like the same authors. A lot of yeah, them. We do. So it. it's not that we read in tandem. It's that she'll say something like, oh yeah, I was rereading this one scene and I'm like you are such a crack dealer because then I'm down in my library reading that same book and or she'll be like did you read x y and z and I'm like not yet but it's on my kindle or you know whatever um so yeah definitely we just we like to read the same stuff so that's kind of fun that's and and I know uh, some of what Lucy doesn't like or triggers right. and I'll read something and I'll, you know, and I'll be reading it and I'll be like, oh, wow, this is so good. And then when I get to the end, I'm like, but don't read it. Because <laughs> <laughs> she knows, she knows my buttons. Yeah. <laughs> I know if the hero doesn't grovel enough, don't read the book. It did not grovel, right? In the present. I'm not saying, you know, like it's. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. 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 And, and, you know, I know certain things just, yeah, trigger her yeah. and I'm like, yeah, no, right. don't. And I appreciate that. That's a true friend who will tell you don't yeah. read the book. She knows. <laughs> Even though I loved it, it's still. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I know you're yeah. not gonna. Yeah. So this was my first Lynn Graham. So I had okay. to do one of oh, my deep dives okay. into her. I was like, let me pull her up. It says on her website that she published her first book in 1987. Fiction mm-hmm. database and all the other sites say 88. But I'm gonna go with what Miss Lynn says on her website. Yeah, um, right. Because she's not in the UK in 87. And, and then you yeah. and then here in the okay that makes thank yeah. thank you yeah. you're so smart you're our smart <laughs> friends okay she says that she it's she sold over 42 million copies yeah. worldwide oh, and in sure. her earlier years so her first book was a romance romance true yeah. love forever depending on where you are and then the next one she started kind of like double dipping between romance and modern Mm-hmm. Um, and the first mm-hmm. title was Bittersweet Passion. Doesn't that sound like such an no. 80s title? <laughs> yeah. I have all of the books on my keeper shelves. So, yeah. yeah, I have a lot of her earlier ones, too. Yeah, looking back at her backlist, I'm like, she may have been my mm-hmm. first Harlequin, like before yeah. I really got into it, because my aunt was obsessed with the Presents novels. And I mean, that was back in the 80s, right? 80s and mm-hmm. 90s. So I guarantee you, it's when I slid off of Aunt Sandy's shelf and was, uh, you know... <laughs> Shout out to Aunt Sandy. Right? I think it's interesting because romance now is becoming a little bit, you know, if you want to write steam, you can write steam. So to know that she was writing both steam and sweet back in the 80s, you know, that's that's interesting. So what do you all think it is about Lynn Graham that she's had such a prolific career? Well, you know, first of all, with the 80s and the romance slash the the difference between romance and modern, it wasn't as demarcated as it is now. And they weren't necessarily considered so sweet. There Mm -hmm. was sex on the page in some of those books. Um, It just wasn't, they just didn't have as many maybe love scenes in a book. In answer to your question by Lynn's prolific, she's obvious. She just has got a creative mind that is just because she's always storyteller and it's her voice because you know when I picked up this book and I don't know you but I'm just so used to reading her like I've been reading her for many many years I do have all of her books on my keeper shelf but when I picked this book up it was like just that first paragraph slid me into comfort zone Mm -hmm. it was like oh my gosh this is her voice that's right that's how she talks about character that's like how her characters come across on the page and I loved it and I think I learned story structure from her this is reading all of her books gave me it was through osmosis because I didn't like think about it but when I wrote my first presents out of desperation because I was 
you know, with an agent who wouldn't put anything out. When I wrote that book, I just knew what the story structure was supposed to be because I read so many of Lynn's mm -hmm. books and I read others. I love Michelle Reed and I loved Jacqueline Baird back then and Penny Jordan. But Lynn was my, she was like, she was the second author I bought by author. The first one was Julie Garwood and then there was Lynn Graham. I just think she has such a unique voice mm -hmm. and she wasn't afraid. You're right. She wrote steamy love scenes. She was one of the very first authors in category romance to bring the steam to the page. I'm not saying the first, but one of the first. And she brought it in such a beautiful way. Mm -hmm. And she wrote about characters that were so dramatic. And she still does. There's like yeah. all that high drama with happy ending. Mm -hmm. Like the thing yeah. I don't that I hate about soap operas is they got all the drama with none of the happy ending. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they get together and then the next week they're yeah. hard again. Yeah. 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 But I love and the they drama. just keep going. So I, yeah. so I would, I stopped watch. I started and stopped watching two different soaps in my young, young days. And I'm like, never again. I hate those. <laughs> and it's like nighttime. So it's like Dallas and stuff. Blah. Because I want to know the characters are staying together, that they love yeah. each other enough to stick it yeah. out. Yeah, once they get together, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's a question with Lynn's books. There's no question. She mm -hmm. writes a very definitive happy ending. There's no happy for right now. There's It is these two people really are into each other. And she mm -hmm. writes on a very primal level. Like she delves into the visceral reaction we have to one another as opposed to just the head reaction. The book is her best kept royal secret. Yeah. Um, and when I finished it, I was just like, I love that you all shared that with us because I felt like this is somebody who knows what they're doing. And this Precisely. is before yes. I dug into her and I'm like, she's written yes. like over 140 novels, I think right. at this point. Mm -hmm. Do you want to y'all want to share what the book is about? Well, I mean, it's it's a, I guess you would call it a secret baby, although it, it wasn't, she tried, you know, she did try to tell him, right. as, as you know. More accidental pregnancy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. accidental, I would say, yeah. 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 The only thing that tripped me up was his piercings. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, no, but, and it took the me a minute. I'm like, I went to Google it and realized I was at work on my lunch break and went, no, 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 no. Was talking about it yesterday and I warned him. I said, don't Google it. And she just yeah. she said, oh, I Googled it. So, I was, I wanted to, but I was driving and listening to it. And I was like, I'm just going to use my imagination here. Yeah, yeah use your imagination. It's the best thing to do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had read about a Jacob's Ladder before. I had, but only only in very deep kink books so books yes. that have a, a very deep kink element to them and so it startled me it I will it startled yeah. me because it did it felt odd because oh, it didn't yeah. it wasn't <laughs> deep. never ever done anything like that before ever it felt really like kind of like oh I just got this I'm like that's not something you just get you know like <laughs> that's one thing Lynn does she she brings new things in she you know, if she yeah. has a new idea or a new thought, she brings it into her writings. And I mean, I love Dare, you guys, when Dare was out. But this is my first dick piercing in a book. That particular type of piercing really is part of the kink community. I have a very hard time putting it into uh, the frame of reference of, a, of a, a person who doesn't do kink and doesn't. And that is not to say... I'm. <laughs> This is going to sound like I'm, I'm not, but I've read a lot of books over my lifetime. Yeah. And, you know, um, and so, yeah, no, it's just, it's an interesting thing. And I think probably a lot of readers who are not looker uppers are just going to just skim just right over it. Right? But for his character, okay, so he, <laughs> listeners, the character we were talking about is Playboy Prince Angelino yeah. Diamandis. We call mm -hmm. him Angel. And the hero yeah. is Gabby. Yeah. For his demeanor, though, I was like, she had to throw him something a little shocking, I guess, because he's very yeah. princely. Well, okay, and... then, yeah, I don't know. I mean, for me, I probably would have gone for the piercing at the end of the dick as opposed to three little bars in the center of one, because that it really is a different, it's a different vibe. It's a different thing, and, but that is not to say she did like, please, this is no criticism because she is like, she's a queen and she's going to write what she writes and, and it's amazing. And, um, and readers are going to find a lot of fun with it. But yeah, I, for, for a playboy, it felt, <laughs> it felt far more dark, bad boy than playboy. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say my feeling with it was, is that it goes to show you don't know what people are doing. 
I could be sitting beside my coworker at work and you For don't sure. know what they, right? So maybe that's what, how I framed it, you know? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. That is a, that's a great, great, like that is exactly, you're, you're just right. Is I just was thinking about a, a friend of um, mine that in his, oh, I think he turned 40 and got a nipple piercing. And I didn't yeah. know until like, I don't know, a couple of years later. And he's like running around in, in the summer and we were all like hanging out. And I was like, oh, like you wouldn't, you just don't know. It was no big deal. It's not like. No, no. It, but it's just like, oh yeah. Cause people have, we are who we are. And sometimes we are who we are like underneath the clothes and That's also right. in yeah. our heads in a different way than we are yep. and present to people out like mm-hmm. just talk some of the tropes because I felt like there were a lot of tropes in here yeah so I, these are just the ones that I jotted down sure. y'all let me know what you think so again listeners oh, yeah. it's the second chance ish romance right between Angel yep, and Gabby sure, sure. I mean, out of nowhere, they meet somewhere. They haven't seen each other since college. I did feel a little secret baby-ish just because she was pregnant for a while before she went and told him. I do feel like it's a little bit for the both of them. I felt like it was a little found family-ish. There's a lot of ishes in here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then the last one that I noted was... Kind of, I mean, and this could be worded differently, but I felt a little marriage of convenience-ish oh, just no, because sure. of his status. Yeah. That's why they got married. Yes. It yes. wasn't, yes. yeah, for yes. sure. So what did you all think about, I guess, let's, how do we want to do this? So if it, there's just so much to unpack. Okay, so they <laughs> haven't seen each other since college where we learned that they were both we know Gabby was like madly in love with him at the time. And yeah. he just was yeah. kind of a jerk. And so they haven't seen right. each other. Years later, they have this one night of passion. And that just kickstarts the stories. I mean, obviously, this is no spoiler that there is a baby involved. So what did you all think of once that moment happens on? Like, what were your first thoughts? I loved how it was such a Lynn Graham moment. What I don't want to give stuff away, but... There's mm-hmm. Lynn Graham moments in there, people. And when, um, That's the name of this again. episode, Lynn Graham moments. Yeah. <laughs> and how that, oh gosh, I just don't want to give the story away, but how that comes about. Mm-hmm. And um, it's such a like, her heroines are very feisty and like, but, and also they react to the world in certain ways and her refusal to like, open the door. I'm mm-hmm. just going to say yeah. that in a very vague way so that we don't know. But it's just yeah. like, oh, like, like, I loved yeah. it. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like living for the moment when I just knew it wasn't going to like last and like how that ended up having to have the conversation and stuff. But I, <laughs> I love the way that she writes characters that just that they argue and then there's like all this combustible passion and then they argue again and there's combustible passion. I mean, I do. I love that. And, 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 but you know what? I'm going to tell you guys something. I hope this isn't too much of a spoiler, but one of my favorite lines was there's an older woman in this one scene, right? And she talks about having been married to an alpha man who mm-hmm. was a farmer, mm-hmm. right? And she misses oh, yeah. her bossy old husband that they were married to. <laughs> and I love that because it was this moment yeah. of clarity in the middle of a presents novel that said alpha heroes are actually real. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that they're not all billionaires. Mm-hmm. But they all have these like characters in com- characteristics in common. Yes. And it was, I don't know, I just love that line. I love that whole, like, it, it kind of gave us this, I don't know, yeah, just like a, yes. a little yes. picture into almost Lynn's head. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? As well as the characters and redefine. I- I liked it. I liked liked how her heroine didn't back down and she kind of forced the hero into confessing Mm -hmm. things. And, you know, she was which we can't like say, but it was so great. Like, I love that. I'm sorry, guys. Like, this is so hard because, you know, when Karen and I do, when we do our chat, we'll, like, we'll talk very high level about books. We're really careful not to, like, give away spoilers. Yeah. It's hard. It's, it's so just, hard. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with Angel, I felt all the emotions with him. I was like, yeah. I felt bad for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was really wo- wounded in a way. And yeah, he had such a, sure. a jaded sure. view on love yes. uh, based oh, upon yeah. how he'd seen people in his life use it. So one of the quotes I highlighted what it was it was his belief that love was more often the excuse for the dreadful things that people did. You know, he has Gabby right there and it's 
no secret that yes she was in love with him once upon a time and like here he is and he's still mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous and just you know she can't deny that she has these feelings for him but he just like maintains this stoic composure and he's kind of closed off and I felt like once the story once I like got through this this like midway of the story I was like okay I see what you're doing here Lynn Graham because mm-hmm. Gabby's the strong woman she she even says like she made herself forget about him once upon a time so I'm like mm-hmm. she would be totally fine after this situation she's going to move on with her life and he's going to move on with his life but these two stubborn people how do we force them to be together mm-hmm. well we give them a baby <laughs> and i loved that it kind of took gabby a little while to reach out to him and she kind of goes in there prepared I felt like for this to not go the way that I hope that it goes so she wasn't disappointed when it went a certain way um and so when he so I'm sorry we're sorry listeners go read it it's hard to talk about this book without kind of spoiling right (laughs) so it's a secret it's a baby she has a baby and she raises she's fine she's like raising him fine yes. all by herself and then here comes this helicopter yeah <laughs> here comes a man in the sky like, you can get more alpha than that you know explains everything about him he arrives and- in a helicopter yeah. that would make a good first line of a book he arrived in a helicopter <laughs> So he had been kind of not re- kind of he was basically yeah. stalking her and her friends right. online. He knows she's he knew at the time she was pregnant. Yeah. She's kind of yeah. he's kind of yeah. following her and the baby through people's posts online and stuff like that. And he hears that the baby like the eye color I think and maybe Green dark eyes curly and hair. Dark curly which hair makes right. him think right. of his mother. And yeah. his like I <laughs> I wrote in the beginning I was like this is a romance novel about a prince with mommy issues and what it's like to finally get the guy after you have decided you're over him. So he hears about these, he hears about these, these features that the baby has that reminds him of his mother, who's the reason that he has all of these issues. Um, So, you know, helicopter in the sky, here he comes to swoop in and see, and that is how he kind of realizes Okay, she wasn't mm-hmm. like it is my baby because he did oh, like yes. the biggest oh, dick yeah. move. Oh, like, yeah. is it oh, mine? Yeah. I was like, do you oh, know how many angel. women have come up to me to do <laughs> yeah. this? And I'm like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is that she was no. But I will say there was that moment when he, oh, gosh, no. But you know, like how he convinces her that that marriage can mean this is a good idea, which we're not going to like say what it is. Mm-hmm. But I, I wanted to punch him. I did he too. Just didn't acknowledge that he needs to acknowledge that. I just want to talk about like everything about it. I'm like, it's oh, just, we have to talk yeah. about that moment. But no, it's a spoiler, and you <laughs> should just go read it. <laughs> read the book, guys. I mean, you're like listeners, read this book. It's a Lindgren book, and if you like presents, of course you're gonna love Lindgren. And if you like Lindgren, you're gonna love this book. What did we think about? Yeah. What's the girl's name that like he oh, thinks is this yeah. friend of his, and she's been- wasn't a fan. That's Heather Lynn Graham's story, and I love it. It's almost like, yes, other people use it, but no one uses that particular type of trope as Mm -hmm. well as she does. Okay, can we talk about that? Because I feel like when I read these types of stories and there's this big bad wolf other woman in the story, I always Mm -hmm. appreciate it at the end, Mm -hmm. but it is tough to read. So as writers, can you kind of explain why Mm -hmm. she needs to be in the story? I I don't know. I thought it was to show that he still didn't trust the heroine. You know? This is hard because when you really look at the bare bones of the story, did she have to be there? No. But did it add to the story that she was there? Yes. Mm-hmm. So like that's kind of when you're writing a book, right? You're not always only looking at does this character have to be in the book or does this scene have to happen? The other question you have to ask yourself is does it make it better? that it is or that it is there or that they are there. And what she did was she allowed Angel to deal with issues earlier than he probably would have in that marriage because they were brought to a a crux. Mm -hmm. And that crux, how Lynn, yes, she could have come up with other ways to do that crux, but this was a great way because it juxtaposed a woman he trusted, but shouldn't, and a woman he should, but didn't trust. Mm -hmm. And in doing so gave both the reader and the characters that chance for almost like closure that you wouldn't get otherwise. 
without her in the book. So I guess in a way she really was necessary. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she, um, but that, that whole, that whole, uh, and it kind of shook up Gabby too. Cause she was kind of like, Oh, okay. Yeah. No, he's, he trusts mm-hmm. me. He's, this is fine. And then all of a sudden, no, he doesn't, mm-hmm. this isn't fine. And also, if you look at the way that Lynn handled her and the way that Lynn handled a very similar character in Duarte's Return, you see that there's there's a shift because in Duarte's Return, well, no, du- oh, Duarte's love. Damiano's return. Right, Duarte's child. Duarte's child, Damiano's return. But if you're reading in that book and there's a similar, but a similar character, but she actually causes a rift between mm-hmm. the two. And then in this one, she doesn't. I love yeah. Duarte's um, child is one of my favorites. I've reread that book like a dozen times, but the, the handling of that character. Yeah. It's just really different. It's a very, mm-hmm. which I love to see because you see the difference in the, in the writer. She might be using a similar trope, but a very different because yeah. look at how, how did Gabby respond? She wasn't worried for a minute mm-hmm. by the, the claim of the woman. Oh yeah. gosh, I'm getting Okay, I gotta shut up. I, I know we're giving it away. We're giving we're giving okay. it away. But my point is that you <laughs> see her strength, and you also see mm-hmm. him grow because he does grow. It's like one of those moments, like in life, we all have them where yeah. there's this like something happens and we grow in a way maybe we would take five years to grow in okay. another circumstance. I thought it was interesting because he, you know, he throws it out in Gabby's face like when she tells him, you know, she's pregnant that like, like Sarah said, Mm -hmm. you know how many women have done this? And one of the main women that like he should not trust Mm -hmm. is the person he trusts the most. That's a good juxtaposition and it really Mm -hmm. brought home to the reader and to him like what damage Mm -hmm. he said, you know, I've got to do whatever it's going to take. So I'm not responding to the world. Um, I love that when Gabby called him, I won't try not to yeah. give it away, that yeah. he didn't question, yeah. he just came. I, I love that. The, the restaurant scene, yeah. Because yeah. He just came. Right. The thing that Lynn does so brilliant, brilliantly is that she will write a hero who you really do want to punch in the face sometimes, but she <laughs> always, from the very beginning of the book, will give you pieces of the redemption <laughs> of that arc. Yes. Yeah. Because where because he, he could have said, right. "Oh, I don't believe right. you. What are you? You know, you're trying to do something or whatever." But he didn't. And he I, just came. I will say, every story that I have read with a person like what's her face, I'm always like, nobody thought to put a you know something in the room and record it. Yes, <laughs> I know that was yes, brilliant. Yes, I love it that she did. <laughs> yeah. So can you talk about accidental secret, accidental that turns a little bit of secret-ish baby that then turns into marriage of convenience? We love marriage of convenience stories, but I don't think I've read many that were in this situation. Like the marriage of convenience is because of this. So what do you think about those tropes kind of married with this one? And and what do you think makes it work or stand out a little bit different than the other ways that you typically see it? Yeah, I think these days, marriage of convenience stories are hard, unless you're doing a historical, it's like, you know, and and I think this was, and it was believable, you know, in that we have Mm -hmm. this child, and we want what's best Mm -hmm. for him, you know, I know, I combined those tropes together myself in three or four books over the years. Um, Mm -hmm. I know I've read a ton of them with it. I think presents particularly lends itself because it's usually about some very high powered Mm -hmm. person is the dad and can push the marriage forward mm-hmm. you know um and there's a reason why he needs to whether it's royalty or um just like you have your billionaire who other family obligations or something or like that yep. um i think it's harder to do to put those yeah. same tropes yeah. together in yeah. other lines because they don't have some of these inherent um elements like you know the the lavish lifestyles or the the royal tropes or the sheiks or the, you know, that you can play with. Even if the hero was just a billionaire, I don't think the story would have worked as well because you would have the the tiny bit of um, of sympathy he gets in pushing for the marriage the way he does is that he is uh, going to be a king and that his mm-hmm. child is going to be his heir regardless. There's something, there's an element that makes that work. I think if you took any of those elements away, it becomes, then he just becomes a bully. Nobody wants to read about a bully. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I really do yeah. think you have to have that whole perfect storm. It can't just be the one or the put this together, put this together, and then it's 
it's like that it has to be the perfect storm. There has to be a real reason why he's going to push besides the fact that we know that underneath everything, he probably really loves her and just can't stand to let her go. Spoiler, he does admit to it, you know, in the book. I've been madly in love with you two since college. (laughs) Wherever they were. That's what I love about her happily ever after is that the way that she writes and she really handles that particular the denouement so well. Yep. Yeah, I, I think it can work. I'm not saying it always does. And I'm not saying that I'm always, with every book I've ever read with those particular tropes put together, I'm always okay with it. Uh, I do think it takes a really, uh, um, a certain type of stel- uh, telling of the story. We all like love certain things about stories, right? And then don't like other things about stories. And so one author may work for us with a certain trope and another author may not. And it's just because they tell it in a different way. And in that way, it becomes more of an annoyance than it is like, an excitement which is not to say that the other author isn't a fantastic author this is the thing i'm always saying is that you know one editor agent readers dross is another editor agent readers gold you know one person who will hate a story and another will love it and that's the that's Mm -hmm. the you know we we recognize i recognize as a reader that i am one person and what i love Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily what everybody else loves. And so when certain readers don't love what I write, same thing. It's like, okay, so you don't love it. Okay. Because mm-hmm. not everybody's going to love every book. It just isn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Or even every book by every author they love. Yeah. I mean, even for, for me, for Lynn, as many times as I've read, there's like, a, I mean, she's all on my keeper shelf, but there's like this uh, maybe half a dozen that I've yeah. read half a dozen mm-hmm. times yeah. each, you know, where others right. are like, oh, okay, I read it. and. One thing that, that I picked up with Angel, in the beginning, he said something like, basically, I hold myself to a higher standard than yeah. my parents. You were talking about like who he becomes kind of like in the end of the story. And I'm yes. like, he showed us that. Yes. Like, he came he through at the end. There were moments yeah. when you doubted. Yeah. You're like, what do you mean? What higher standard? Because right now I'm not seeing it. And then all of a sudden you do and you're like, oh my gosh, yes, yeah. you do. So what do you think it is about the secret baby trope that is so popular, especially in the world of category? I mean, all just about, well, I don't know about like romantic suspense and intrigue because that's more of Sarah's thing. No, that's I'm it, a wimp. Me. Is it in there? Okay. I feel no, like all over so across there, yeah. all the lines, it's such a popular yeah. trope. What do you think it is about it? And as writers, because I feel like that would be really hard. It's like, because like, like Carrie said, in today's world, how is it, you know, how do you pull off a secret baby? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had to. I mean, my debut book was Secret Baby, The Marine's mm-hmm. Secret Daughter. And I, it was a fine edge that I had to walk yeah. to make yes. both of them, you know, both hero and heroine, feel like that they thought they were doing Correct. what was for the best. But Carrie, I think you did that beautifully. I think I love that book and I love the mm-hmm. way that you motivated mm-hmm. oh, your characters. Mm-hmm. And it made sense. Nobody was going, I mean, <laughs> I wasn't going like, why did they do that? No, it was, it just totally made sense. The book that I've got coming out, it's, yeah. His Majesty's um, Hidden Air, that's a secret baby book. And why do I think it's popular? I think it's because it's the emotion that you start a story as a writer or a reader. And all of a sudden you already have this whole like cauldron underneath everything. And it is, there's a baby and now there's two people who were either attracted to each other enough or liked each other enough to go to bed together or not bed, but have mm-hmm. sex. Mm-hmm. And, and they made a baby. Yeah, and now yeah. then we all know about it, whether mm-hmm. the baby is a toddler or an infant or a child, right? But we now know and they know mm-hmm. and all that emotion has to be like gotten through. And I think people want to go through the emotion when you're reading a romance, you're reading it for an emotional impact. And there's an automatic emotional impact with a secret baby book. And also you have a built in layer of conflict and forced togetherness, yeah. which is especially in category romance, mm-hmm. something that isn't always easy to to make happen, but has to happen. Because you only have 50 to 60,000 mm-hmm. words, depending on the line, to tell the story. So they mm-hmm. have to be forced in proximity. You know, I know mm-hmm. it's a trope, but it's also just like kind of a basic thing. We really have to keep them together. I remember when I first started writing, years ago before I ever published, I remember one of the authors, I think it was, I can't remember, oh, a Carolyn cross came and spoke at our rwa when i was living in olympia she used to write for desire and if you can find her books you'll love them so good anyway she does a taciturn hero like nobody's business he said it's get them together keep them together don't mess that up and it was like 
Um, In a category romance, there isn't room for some big separation. Other than you're like, you'll have these like breaks, like when, oh, she's pregnant. And then, but you'll notice Lynn didn't give a lot of page time to that because there's no page time to give. No. You have to like just reference it. There's no, in in the writing, that takes the skill. Yeah. And and like in my first book, uh, as angry as the hero was with the heroine for what he thought was keeping his daughter from him. He couldn't walk away. He had yes. to deal with that anger because if he walked away, he'd be walking away from his own daughter yeah. and he couldn't yeah. do that. So he was forced. I know that secret baby it. is something that yeah. I've just come to recently. It's a trope that I never really cared for because I guess maybe the ones I read just didn't hit with me. It didn't, wasn't believable. So I know Brie and I talked about this a while ago that my thing is, if you take that child out of the equation, will these two people still end up together? Or are they ending up together because of the baby? So that's where the believability comes in. When that's what I felt. Yeah, that that even true, if yeah. she hadn't gotten pregnant, yeah. somewhere down the line, Angel and Gabby would have it just forced them together fast. You definitely have to feel like the child isn't what's holding them together, but they're both using as an excuse to stay yeah. together. And I think Lynn makes us, in this book, you believe that they you know, are going to be fine because yes. mm-hmm. we see yeah. them before the pregnancy yeah. comes. And I love exactly. that. Yeah. I love yes. that. Yes. 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 It's like, you know, we know that they already have chemistry there. Yeah, the history is already there. And then the baby comes along. So, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. she did a lot in a little bit of time. Yeah, I love the secret baby trope when it's done well. I think back a few decades ago or even just a decade ago, a lot of the secret baby tropes, their justification would be like, um, oh, I was embarrassed or I thought you were busy or, you know, like there were. And I think when you have that kind of, yeah, we hit a point in society where we recognize that you don't have to be married in order to be a family that um, both parents have equal responsibility for children, regardless of the status of marriage or not marriage. Mm -hmm. And that we need to give, if if a family is a family, both parents have to have some kind of say about that child's upbringing. Right. And so we became less tolerant of the easy excuses for secret babies. And I think that's, what's making some of these stories so flippin' fantastic is that we're, we have a higher expectation. You better justify this. You better make this sense to me i don't know about y'all but it all made sense to me her waiting a little while to tell him and there was not a moment when i was like Mm -hmm. oh my gosh why is she doing that which i'm not like when i write maybe i do crap stuff (laughs) like that who knows but lynn did not and i really enjoyed it I mean, in one of the, I guess, tropes that we didn't even really touch on that much mm-hmm. is the royal aspect of it, which, yeah. you know, like when you were oh, saying yeah. it, yeah. You're, that yeah. both of the characters have to reflect on how the baby's going right. to, the upbringing of it. I mean, that kind of trumps a lot of decisions in a well, lot that's of right. ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the baby has to know the country mm-hmm. that he's going to mm-hmm. be ruling That's what drives the marriage of convenience and and making it believable. And I love a good royal story. But I was going to say the thing about this book, while she used that trope, and it was effectively done, she wrote characters that were very um, relatable to your your average person. There was such a relatability in how they reacted to the world and maybe not the yeah, world that they live yeah. in, like the wealth and the, you know, but man, we can relate to a guy who doesn't want to see his kids not have a dad in their life, like his dad kind of checked out of his or we can relate yeah. to a woman who feels pressured into a relationship, but she really loves this guy. But and but her kid, oh man, when she had that baby, she just fell in love. And a lot of parents can really relate. I'm not saying every parent, but a lot of us can relate to absolutely falling in love with your child the moment of birth. Or even the with her having been a single mom, which I really appreciated seeing. When he does come in the picture, she has those little moments of kind of jealousy almost. Like, I don't know if I like seeing my baby with you. <laughs> Like, I thought that was so sweet. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I just, I love that. I, I think the thing about that I love about category romance is that in a very short book, we get a chance to really experience all the emotions and that my favorite authors, mm-hmm. they don't step back from doing that. Like they dive in and take you with them. Yep. And you're not sure if you've got a scuba suit on. You're feeling like maybe I can't breathe as you're reading this book. Well, what's next on your guys' reading to be read list, to be read? Yeah. What am I reading in 
November. Oh, I'm reading the two new Julianne Lindsay books from um, her Intrigue series. Yep. And what else am I going to be reading? I can't remember. I'd have to look at my list. Well, Brie and I are both doing Nonfiction November, which is like an event on BookTube to encourage you to read nonfiction books. So yeah, I've got a couple of Victorian nonfiction that I want to read. read because Kara Cooney, she would be oh, king. Nice. So okay, good, okay. so good. Okay. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. I need right to read her latest one. Um, gosh, she has one about, it's like four different queens. That was, the, well, I think the ones about the four queens was before Hepshetsu because I read one she did that did all of, like, it's, um, what was it called? Cleopatra. It's like when women ruled the world. Right. Her new book, she's, she's either working on or very close to publication, a new book. So I'm like, ah. she's one I love on audio. Yeah, I just I love, love her. her on audio. Yeah, uh, for some reason, nonfiction mm-hmm. hits better for me mm-hmm. on audio. I just, you know, it's like, I guess, listening to a lecture. And I don't want to say a lecture in school, but I think you know what I mean. Yeah, and, and she would, um, the first one, the Hatch Epsets book, it didn't read like, I was nervous because I was like, okay, this is like biography-ish type. And I felt like it was going to felt very lectury. Yeah, and it wasn't. Right. And it was just so fascinating how a woman yeah. ruler, they just like tried their damnedest yes. to erase yes. her from history. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so ticked off. So. All right. I'm, I, I think that's going to have to be. It's one of my person. favorite covers of all time, Sarah. And it's literally <laughs> yeah. just beautiful black with a pharaoh on it and like little dust like little gold dust it's so pretty i am reading i'm finishing up a medical i'm i'm finishing the tracy douglas um er doc to mistletoe bride and it is so good (laughs) i don't know i'm not really a tbr person i'm just kind of a what do i need to read kind of person and mood reader Sarah and I have linked up. We've had like we've just been so blessed. The the Thule publicity um, girl Nikki, shout out to her. She has just yep. been keeping our Kindles full, and it's like, oh well, yeah. <laughs> Sarah's with very disciplined. Sarah will not. She tries her hardest to not read Christmas until December, and I'm just like, <laughs> I can't wait because I also have Hallmark movies coming out, so I have to start. <laughs> If I, I, I can't be a mood reader because like, as Brie well knows, I would literally stand in front of my bookshelves for six hours and go, I don't know what I feel like. I need like, back in the day, like when I would buy new books, they would go on the shelf in order of purchase. And then I would just See, pick I'm the next totally one. I'm totally a mood reader. I've got stacks, oh, oh, stacks of TBR, oh. but it's all like, mm-hmm. okay, what am I in the mood for? Okay. Yeah. What's on yes. y'all's nightstand yes. and what yes. are y'all going to read next? Share with us. Mine is training um, the canine hero, search and rescue dogs. Because <laughs> my next uh, heroine is going to, uh, well, as long as my proposal nice. gets approved. I think I have Roan Parish's Christmas book on my Kindle. Oh, it's so oh, good. Oh, it was yeah, so really good. Excited. And I have, oh, I, I've got a, yeah, book. I want to read. I, I'm halfway through Pippa's book and loving yes. it, but it's like you kind of get sidetracked by other stuff. There's one I just put on though. Oh, I know. I had put Jada Sola's book on, couldn't find it on my Kindle, but I found it again. So I'm going to be yes, reading that one. Yes, that's the one I read. Jada Sola's yes. oh, I love yes. that cover. I had read her, um, her, the one she did for Karina and loved it. And now I'm super excited to read this one. Oh, did he sweet? I've got her book, and I'm like, yes, okay, that's next. So that is next. But oh, I've got to, oh, I got to look for that one. Buy you Christmas yeah. disappearance. Yeah, I got to look for yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah, she's so good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I have McKenna Lee's Christmas one. Uh, yes, Christmas yes, McKenna. McKenna. Yep. Yeah, yeah I I'm reading to... um, Katie's newest one, um, Christmas Day, Data Breach. Mm-hmm. And I just finished the one that came before it in the oh, intrigue line, oh. and it was so good. It was so She's good. She's so creepy. She yeah. is. Like, but I yeah. live for that. I'm like, don't go in the basement. You went in the basement. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so creepy. She's so good. <laughs> it is category holiday time, people. Yes. Oh, I love it. And you know what yeah. I love? I just like, can't wait. Halloween yes. romance. I love like there's so much fun with mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So, okay, this is a random question that may be an easy no, but for the both of y'all, is there another line that you sometimes read and you're like, I could do this? Well, I read presents and I think, I wish I could do this. (laughs) My my hero 
just, you know, they just, yeah, no, I'm not saying that. No, I'm not being rich. No. Maybe medicals. And I would love to do, uh, maybe not intrigue. I like the intrigue, but intrigue is more like half Correct. mystery, half romance, where I would be romantic mm-hmm. suspense. Well, you remember Supers back in the day? That was, I really would yes. have loved to write for that line. I loved oh, the line. Yeah. I loved how it kind of, it was just like this bridge between single title and category. I really Great. love them, but I think I yeah. would love to write for intrigue or for suspense because I love mystery mm. and I have had, <laughs> Carol and I are laughing because I've got that mystery idea. I've had all these mystery ideas like in my head. Before we get off here, tell us some of y'all's like 2021 life softening comfort reads, authors you've been enjoying like share some some author love. What have some who have y'all loved this year? Yeah, we had a lot of fun reading. I discovered Amy Andrews this year. I had never read her before, and loved her stuff. Oh yes, I love Amy really, Andrews. Yes. Really enjoy um, Denise Wheatley. She was she does the um, intrigue, mm-hmm. and she triggered Carol's yeah. mom yeah. and my mom vibes. It was like okay. Someone needs to take this young woman in. I do think, I really think Amy Andrews is that comfort read. She's the comfort author. She definitely, Agreed. she takes you on an emotional journey, but it's yeah. a soft one, like in some ways, you know, like it's really nice. Um, mm-hmm. I just fell in love with her voice too when I started reading her. And then, but when you're talking about just kind of a comfort, uh, you're not going to go maybe on such a deep emotional journey or maybe get so bad in the middle of the book, um, you know, Carrie is one of them. I will go back and reread her book just to have that comfort zone and know, oh, I'm just going to love these characters again. And 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 she makes me smile. And so like, I like that. I smile or I laugh when I'm reading it. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, Yeah. so I just, there are a lot of good authors out there. I don't, I don't really care for romance. It doesn't have intimacy in it. It's just not my thing. So that's mm-hmm. not going to be my comfort read. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking at that. And that's not like softer for me. It's just mm-hmm. for me, I actually kind of get very anxious and uh, frustrated and kind of irritated if we're like three quarters of the way through the book and they really haven't done anything. Because I'm like, can I believe these characters really have a long... And that's just me. Please do not get me wrong. There is, there's a lot to romance that doesn't, that's PG and it's, and it's wonderful. But for me as a reader, not a writer, but as a reader, when I'm reading a book, I find it far more believable to have a solid, happy ending when I know that they're actually sexually compatible. Read, read uh, The Princess and the Rebel Billionaire by Sophie Pembroke. That one gets spicy. It's a romance. And now Sophie Pembroke, I've been reading for years. And like you said behind closed doors right or whatever i read that one and went holy there's sex on the page (laughs) (laughs) wasn't expecting this not that i'm not enjoying it but wasn't expecting it (laughs) to give that one a try it's really good it's really good tell everybody y'all where can they follow you online tell everybody where they can follow you carrynichols.com i guess you know or author carrie nichols on facebook Okay. Um, I have a Facebook, Lucy Monroe Romance. I have my website. You know what? If you go to my website at the top, there's all of the social media um, links. So you just like click on the little icon. So it's super easy. So just go to LucyMonroe.com and you'll find all my links. Okay. Awesome. Well, awesome. thank you for hanging out with us again. We can't, we yes, can't wait you, for you to come back. Listeners, make sure you check in the show notes. We'll have links to where you can find <laughs> Carrie and Lucy as well as where you can get their books. And Sarah and I will chat with you on our next episode. Have a great day, everybody. Bye.